The Nerd and Me Podcast presents The Week in Geek with your anchors, Alan and Jonathan, with the five-day forecast, The Weather Wizard, and Casey Jones on Sports. Good evening, this is Alan, and welcome to The Week in Geek. Jonathan, what's the top story? Alan, our top story today is Captain Marvel herself, Brie Larson, has said some controversial things. Oh, what'd she say? <laughs> well, actually, she said a lot of controversial things. I think her most recent one was about having more representation in her press conferences. Mm-hmm. So pretty much disinviting white males to interview her while she does the press tour for Captain Marvel. And I believe, I can't remember what magazine, but she specifically asked for a particular interviewer because they were, I believe, of, well, they were female, I think, of a minority and also had a disability of some sort. So she requested that person interview her. This goes along with a lot of statements she's been saying in regards to, uh, she, she made some statements last year at a, some kind of award ceremony about white males shouldn't be able to judge uh, movies that weren't made for them, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of stuff like that. It's kind of gotten part of the comic slash movie slash geek community in an uproar. And apparently it's affecting the box office projections, right? Yeah. Early projections for Captain Marvel was at 160 million opening weekend, which if wasn't going to set a record, was close to setting a record. But slowly it's been coming down to what's it at now, Alan? 103. 103 million for which is still very good it's, you're right it's uh, still a, it's still a very good number and i don't know if you can say because what she's saying is is causing the lowering of the projection they might have just over projected so what are your thoughts on brie larson's attitude i guess toward being more inclusive with things uh, like the press tour and things like that well you know she can say what she wants to say i think the bottom line is going to be you know, for me, as a uh, as a fan of the Marvel movies, I think I'm going to be more relying on, I guess, kind of like what the score is going to come out on it in regards to, is it a good movie? Is it going to be a bad movie? And I'm just going to probably leave it at that, you know, kind of just see, is it going to be... I mean, you and I are both going to watch the movie. We both know it's going to be maybe sometime within Endgame to some degree. So I, I think I'm going to lean more towards that in regards to, you know, her statements. Eh, she can say whatever she wants to say. Yeah, free, I think free she's, country still. <laughs> yeah, it's a free country, and she's she wants to be more politically, I guess, active than maybe the other stars of the Marvel movies, and that's fine. Like you said, I, I hope the movie's good. Marvel hasn't made a misstep yet, and in the past, when I've worried about a movie, they've proved me wrong. And uh, we'll see what this is. But again, I said this before, even before all this stuff popped up. I'm really just looking at this as like a speed bump on the way to Endgame. Yeah, because I, 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 my blinders are on. I can only see Endgame, <laughs> so I'm gonna go see this. But it's just, just something to hold me over until I see Endgame. And she's look, she's an Academy Award winning actress, so maybe she does a great job with it. Who knows? I mean, yeah, hope. And I mean, we, we always want wish good will to everybody, but uh, I mean, people have said weird things too. But uh, well, and I, I think with all the Marvel movies, she's the. In regards to their first movie, that she's the most highest profile star. Sure. Because remember, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't big when he did Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He was just coming back. You know, he was on his his coming back 
more or less tour from his bout with substance abuse. Chris Evans wasn't well, super well known. He had appeared in some movies that got good reviews, some that got bad reviews. Yeah, so these guys weren't huge, huge stars yet until these Marvel movies, whereas she has the most clout, I believe, coming into her first movie. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And I think she's using that as a platform because she is politically active. She's using her, you know, she's got a lot of cameras on her now because she's in such a high-profile movie, and she's using that to her advantage to get her message across. Whether you agree or disagree with it, I, you know, I kind of don't fault her for doing it. But did um, you get the it, same she, kind of feeling when Gal Gadot did Wonder Woman? Did you, I mean, I mean, I know they're talking about something similar, but I don't remember it having any backlash on her. Well, I don't think, Gal, well, Gal Gadot didn't do any of this kind of political stuff with her mm. with her press junkets fact of the matter is this Brie Larson should know or at least the people around her should be telling her that you know you're gonna you know you said free country you're gonna say what you're gonna say but understand there are consequences to what you say there are people that are gonna agree with you and applaud you and, and love you for it right. but there's also gonna be people that don't agree with you and don't like what you're saying right. and if you stand up and say you don't want white males to interview or whatever you're probably going to make some white males angry, you know, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah. and they're going to decide whether or not to go to the movie. And if that's if that number is big enough that it's affecting projections or overall box office numbers, then Disney needs to, to think about that and think about whether they need to you know, allow Brie to say whatever she wants or she needs to step back and say, you know, is what I'm saying hurting the bottom line? Because, again, and I think we've said on the show a thousand times, no one cares what you say. No one cares what you believe. Until it affects their money. Yeah. Right? That's true. So when Disney starts getting hit in the purse, then maybe they'll they'll start, you know, reining her in or talking to her about how she's talking. But as of now, she's got a huge platform. She's saying what she wants to say. Nobody's stopping her. If it affects the, the box office, we'll see. But if you think about it also, on the other side of that, Disney, do they even pay attention to that? Because to this day, they won't admit that the backlash from Last Jedi affected Solo's box office. And I firmly believe it did. And you and I are two people that didn't like Last Jedi, but we saw Solo. Solo's probably the only Star Wars movie I saw. I did see it twice in the theater. But I saw saw it less than twice in a theater. Even Last Jedi (laughs) I saw like three times, I remember. So, yeah, it definitely affected their box office. I think the backlash from Last Jedi definitely affected their box office. And then you have the whole other thing of uh, you know, this could be a whole other show, but last year you had the higher ups, the creators at Disney, Ryan Johnson, kind of teasing the, the people that didn't like the movie. Like, you know, fam, you know, they had pictures of themselves holding a coffee mug, and the coffee mug said "fanboy tears" and things like that. And they called calling people that didn't like the movie "man babies" and things like that. So, you know, they weren't conforming themselves in the most adult way either. So, right, yeah, yeah. There's there's just this whole thing going on and what Brie Lars is doing you're right she's got the right to say it you agree with her you do you don't you don't you speak with your pocketbook and your wallet that's all I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah you're right about that I mean and, and it could happen gonna... also it's gonna ha- I mean Han Solo made less money than Ant-Man and Wasp that's that's weird Han... for a Star Wars movie it, well Han Solo lost the money yeah. it's ridiculous yeah. I mean in the grand scheme of things you know it, it made like 340 340 million and of course, that's a lot of money in grand scheme of things. But for movies and the way these the Marvel and Disney movies have been hitting, that's a huge, huge loss. Yeah, I mean, a loss makes it over four hundred million more. I think 
Right. You know? Yikes. So, yeah. We don't do box office predictions, so I don't know what Captain Marvel's going to do. I don't know if $100 million is a bad weekend for it. I, I would think it wouldn't be, but we'll see. And we'll see. Always with these movies, it's the week two, because everybody rushes out week one to be, you know, to be part of the, the hype around the movie. Right. Week two, week three is where you find out if it's got staying power, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So we'll know better uh, the second week of March or, yeah, when it's out, when it's been out a week. Okay. Enough about that. <laughs> All right. Alan, our next story. The final nail has been put in the coffin of the Netflix and Marvel relationship. He's dead, Jim. It was announced earlier this week that both Jessica Jones, who's third and last season will be premiering the summer and Punisher, which second season premiered earlier this month, I believe have both been canceled by Netflix, thus ending the Marvel Netflix relationship. There are no longer any Marvel shows on Netflix. Sayonara. If you think back to however many years ago when it was announced, I think everybody was excited about it. I think starting off with daredevil was great and they really hit the ground running with daredevil. That first season was phenomenal, and I think it really got people hyped for it, especially after Agents of Shields was was kind of a ho hums show because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people were hyped for that after Avengers, and it was really a ho hum show on ABC. And people thought with Netflix you'll be able to do more things, you know, not just curse, but maybe be more violent. And and they're using these really ground level street heroes uh luke cage daredevil iron fist jessica jones culminating in a in a defender series everybody was hyped for it but you know they lost footing obviously with iron fist they lost footing i think with luke cage luke cage season one was okay was a great jessica jones season one was awesome and iron fist just killed it and defenders didn't live up to the hype well i think netflix they dropped the ball on a missed opportunity in a sense that it's when you watch daredevil and jessica jones they're able to do something very undisney like which is very adult-related themes, you know? I mean, there was, right. like, I think, was it Jessica Jones? I think there was, like, some hardcore sex scenes and stuff that you would never see in a typical Marvel movie. And, uh, like I said, I think that's – it's a missed opportunity in sense they can they can do things that they normally probably couldn't do with the Netflix stories. Because they are a little bit more adult-oriented. I mean, if you watch Punisher, that is a graphic, graphic show. I mean, I, I – I mean, if you watch Game of Thrones, it's it's like that level of harshness. Did you finish uh, season one of Punisher? Season one? Yeah, I finished season one. Did you watch season two? I couldn't get through first episode. No. And see, this is where there's a problem. I mean, you and I have said many times on, on this show and other shows that, you know, we'll support comic properties because we lived through a time when they weren't all over the place. And I punched out halfway through season two of Luke Cage I didn't even, and Punisher also season one. It was just too depressing. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, I didn't even attempt to watch season two. I personally liked Iron Fist season two. I thought they're going in a good direction with the Daughters of the Dragon, but we'll never know now. So the weird thing is, Alan, that after all this, Marvel announces a partnership with Hulu. And as we know, Disney Plus is coming out and they're going to have their own Marvel shows. So it's not that Marvel or Disney thinks these shows don't work. It's just that whatever the partnership with Netflix was going on didn't seem to work for them. Right. Well, I'm sure it's pretty expensive for Netflix to uh, keep this contract going between Marvel and Netflix itself. Mm-hmm. So. And I, th- I think we had stated before when we announced uh, Daredevil being canceled that Netflix has in their deal that those heroes can't be used for like two years, I think. 
after okay. leaving Netflix. Yeah. So you're looking at at least 2021 before we get any of these heroes back on screen. Unless, you know, maybe Marvel pays a penalty for it or something, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm okay with that, though. I mean, I can live with it. All right, let me ask you this. Out of those four heroes, yeah. do you want to see those four heroes back on the TV screen, A, and B, if you can see them on the big screens, which all or which would you like to see on the big screen? Well, I'm not too sure if, if it's the character itself because I'm, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Daredevil fan. I just really like how they executed the show. You know, like I said, it was a little bit more adult-oriented. I, I like that version of Daredevil. I mean, I'm going to make comparisons to Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Eh, this Netflix is way better. Oh, definitely. Well, the stunt work and the fight coordination on Daredevil was fantastic. Yeah. And I, I think the fight coordination on and stunt work on Iron Fist Season 2 was a lot better than Season 1. So there were some very good positives to, to what was going on there. And Jessica Jones was just very well written. Both seasons were just very right, well exactly. written. Right, exactly. So if you have, if you're going to bring back those characters, I mean, if it's written in the same fashion, then yeah, I mean, I, I love to see these guys back. But th- dude, I'm not going to tell you I want to see Iron Fist again. This just no, it's bad. I want to see the character. How could you say season two is? I'm having a hard time. Oh, uh, you tried it? No, no, I, 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 well, yeah, I did try. It. I think I got into the first what two episodes or so, and I said, eh. I, w- I would love for Charlie Cox to be the movie Daredevil. I would I would like for him to keep being Daredevil. Everyone else, I'm cool. Even Jessica Jones, if you can get a kind of a stronger lead actress, I would appreciate that too. But I think Charlie Cox is the perfect Daredevil. I think he'd fit in great with the current Marvel movie heroes. And um, seeing him and Tom Holland together in the film would be awesome, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, it would be great to see at least one, whether it's Neff, or, you know, regular TV to make that leap onto the big screen because it seems that they really keep that separate to a certain degree. You know, you don't see... I mean, there, there's two... Well, I don't know how many universes there are on, on, in the DC universe, but there's a clearly a definitive DC TV flash and a definitive DC movie flash. I, I'd like to see what? someone make that jump that's in, in both of those mediums and be super successful. I think that's what hurt Agents of Shields is because they don't... You know, their, their connection to the MCU is very tenuous yeah. uh, and it's gotten less so every year yeah. And the, the, to the point where when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended last summer or whatever, last spring, everybody was certain the last episode would incorporate the snap somehow. And it's nothing. It's like nothing happened. Yeah, that's a missed and, opportunity. Oh, yeah. And there was a big was it decree? There was a big almost alien invasion of Earth. Yeah. On Agents of Shield, that isn't spoken of at that's supposed to be happening concurrently with Thanos attacking the planet. See, that would be sick. you know the Black Order. That that that's would why make, it didn't me, make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I think even season one they had like cameos of Nick Fury. You know, he did and like Sith. an episode yeah. in Sith. Yeah, I mean, I mean that kind of stuff was like, oh wow, they're at, like you felt that there was this big big connection between the the movie and TV universe, and the more they deviated away from that, the less interested I got. There was even an episode I don't know if it's first or second season where they were centered around cleaning up the battle of at the end of Thor: The Dark World. Oh wow! You know that took place in England or wherever, right? Yeah, it like opens there where, where they're shield agents there and they're cleaning up the battle. Now, Thor wasn't in it, Loki wasn't in it, but, you know, it was cool. It helped you remember that you, you were in this universe that you love seeing on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. So whoever's in charge of movie and the TV part of Disney, they need to, like, 
go out to dinner and shake hands, <laughs> make nice, nice. Because this, the, I mean, it would really pull together. And if you want to even extend that, they need to do the same thing with their comic book line too. You know, to have something really in close ties. But I mean, I guess it's, I, I know it's difficult because you have so many creative minds and you don't want to spoil anything either. And sometimes knowing less is also good too. But that's what drew me into S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, when it first came out was, oh my God, you know, that, that's Nick Fury. He's, he's on, on a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> okay. All right. Whew. All right. Alan, you know what time it is? It's time to hit it. Woo! Yeah. All right. It's time for quick, get it quick, quick. Oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. speaking of, Alan. <laughs> yeah. I thought we just did this story, but we didn't. <laughs> uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back a few months earlier. At first, it was thought to be coming back in July, uh, early July, late June of 2019. It's been moved up to May of 2019. Also, I don't know if we reported this yet. This is kind of old news, but... They've been given a, I believe, seventh season order, and the sixth season is starting this year. So they must be happy with it being a summer show, because I believe the seventh season will premiere in the summer of 2020. So, well, Isn't that unusual? I mean, right? Usually season starts like fall. Yeah, but TV's been going year-round a lot. Like, there are summer shows. Like, when we were growing up, everything would end in spring. And it just be reruns on all summer because the thought was nobody's home, you know, mm. kids are out playing, kids, people are on vacation, so there's no real ratings. But since we've become a, a nation of TV watchers, they put on original shows. A lot of TV channels put on original shows now during the summer. Very interesting. Yeah, but usually they're really, really good shows. They'll say for fall and spring. So the fact that it's a summer show is kind of yeah, yeah, okay. You know, sounds good. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, Agents of Shield is back. We'll see. We'll still be good. It'll be interesting to see if they. Uh, there's been very little advertising for it, so I don't, we don't know if Endgame figures into it at all or or if they even addressed the snap or anything, which they'd be stupid if they didn't. But, okay, know, so we'll all right, Can, we need to figure out Twitter. <laughs> we need to tweet this out. They need to figure this out. Right after Endgame, S.H.I.E.L.D. needs to be closely tied to Endgame if they want to make any, like, excitement on that show. It, it's got to be. How do you not do that, you know? How do you not well, do I mean, that? You're right, and this is what's driving me crazy. Since the end of Winter Soldier, S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't been spoken of in any of the movies. But it obviously still exists because the show is still on. Yeah. Secondly, do any of the Avengers know that Coulson is still alive? <laughs> I don't uh, think so. Right, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, we know we know Nick Fury knows, but yeah. he didn't tell anybody nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. Bumblebee movie reboots the Transformers film franchise. Now, Jonathan, the Bumblebee movie came out. What was that? November, December last year. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, and I, December. Like, I think we were kind of like okay with it, right? I yeah, mean, it didn't make a lot of money though. No, it didn't. And what they're saying is, from their point of view, it was actually a winner for them to the point where they feel that from over the weekend they had the New York Toy Fair of 2019. And Hasbro was there and, you know, who was also in charge of the movies and stuff, were saying that this Bumblebee movie is going to springboard the rest of the Transformers franchise. So, which is interesting because Bumblebee came off more as a prequel to, what's that guy's name? Uh, Michael Bay? Michael Bay movie, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like it was a prequel to the Michael Bay movies. And the way it's written here, it seems like they're going to continue forward from that 
almost to me it's almost like they're going to negate the, the the Michael Bay movies. The thing about Bumblebee, it didn't make a lot of money, but it got so much better critical and fan reviews than any of the Transformer movies that I think whatever studios put in this movie out, I think they look at that and say, okay, we've hit on something with this. And if we can tweak it and make it a little bit better, a little bit more exciting, but kind of follow the same formula, we could have movies that make a lot of money and and loved by critics and fans alike. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Let me ask you a question. What was it about Bumblebee you think people enjoyed? What was, I think what it was the a, key things. I think it was Generation One. They were, yes. they were in the car. They there were in the car robot modes that we knew. Right. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a great little story, almost a friendship between the girl and the car. The girl whose name I can't remember. Right. It's okay. Honestly, the action scenes, I could tell who was fighting. Yeah. From the very first battle in the first Transformers movie, I had no idea what was going on, and it didn't get better. <laughs> sure, you know? sure. Yeah, you are absolutely correct. I think if you stick to, I mean, honestly, the, it's the fans that's really watching these movies, the people that actually grew up with the, with the original Transformers cartoons. You know, that's why they, they had to go back and do a prequel Bumblebee movie, because that's their target audience. It's the guys that grew up you know, watching these cartoons, and that's who you wanted to see. That whole opening scene in Cybertron was like, no, this is the movie I've been waiting for this whole time. You know, like actually seeing the characters that I grew up with and see on, uh, like on, in the cartoon and then see it on the big screen. I mean, that's that nice, warm feeling I think I was waiting for. And we got the, the Michael Bay version. It was like, well, what is this? You know, I mean, it was just like a, a, a significant departure of what I think Transformers made it exciting for us as kids. That opening scene on Cybertron was ripped right out of the comic books. Boom. It was awesome how good everyone looked in their robot and vehicle mode. It was just awesome. And I understand making Bumblebee a Mustang or whatever he was or a Charger, but Bumblebee has been always will be a bug. I don't know why they even tried. So, yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. And... Maybe that's what they're going to, the soft re- reboot, maybe it'll take them back to the late 80s, early 90s, and they'll have their original. Look, Proud needs to be a cop car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jetfire needs to be an F-16. Well, actually, he was a Robotech. Right. Veritech, but you know what I mean. Sure. So. All right. Yeah. And that's what'll bring him in. All right. Quick it. All right. Wow. You like that? I like yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Alan. What's up? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. You were a player of D and D, right? For sure. Yeah, I didn't play. I, I created heroes though. Anyway, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, which figures prominently in the Netflix show Stranger Things, is coming out with a new starter set based off of Stranger Things. What does that mean? Well, basically, they're going to have the little kids in the game. Well, they're going to have the kids' characters. They have D and D characters in them in the show. Oh, they play okay, D&D. I gotcha. Yeah. So their characters will be available with you know. You know, I don't know. I don't remember how the game's played. And I think there might even be an adventure kind of related to Stranger Things. It'd be awesome. I'm not sure if the Demigorgon, the bad guy in Stranger Things, oh, yeah. if he's a play, if he's a monster in Dungeon Dragon, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I, you know, they're just releasing a Stranger Things special edition beginner set. Maybe, um, I'll tell you what, maybe they'll get kids involved in Dungeon Dragon. I don't know that kids aren't involved in it, but maybe it'll boost sales a little bit. You know, it'd be sick, dude. That cartoon Dungeons and Dragons, if they did a specific storyline with the specific figures from that cartoon, that'd be awesome. 
Yeah. That'd be awesome. Because the problem with, with that is that from the cartoon version, you got these really high-level characters. And when you play Dungeons & Dragons for the first time, you'll never make it. I mean, it's going to take forever to level up your your uh, heroes and stuff. So, Right. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I thought you right, meant, like cool. little kids are going to be in Dungeons & Dragons. It's going to say they're not no, not the kids themselves. They're characters. They're yeah. the characters they created are going to be available. How cute! Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that show one of these days. You haven't watched Stranger Things? I'm trying. I try. I've tried like multiple times. I've tried. Really? Yeah. Huh. Multiple what times. About, what about it? Don't you like? Uh, I don't like my attention span. Probably. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a show that I think I I should like. I really should like. Uh, I just. I'm come around to it. Dude, we have to do a show about shows that everybody likes but you don't like. Not you personally, but oh, like, okay, you what have the hell, some man? and I have some. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, yeah, I just want to bag on you for an hour. <laughs> what? You don't like that show? <laughs> I just got chastised at work for not watching Green Mile yesterday. The Green Mile? You've never seen The Green Mile? Yeah, and and, and I have nothing against it. I just, I just, I just, you know, I don't know. I'll take my hand, boy. You see for yourself. Understand. What I understand that I know it's a sad movie, and you know, it's a sad movie. Did you, did you watch Breaking Bad? Please say you watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, I watched Bad. Breaking Bad. Okay. I'm just saying I was just chastised yesterday from my coworker. You haven't seen Green Mile? I'm like, no, I have not. I know. I that's that's my test of friendship, Break, Breaking Bad. Oh, <laughs> okay, good. I passed. Woo! Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll we'll discuss your lack of you're, you do a pop culture show and they're all right. I just can't. Come on. Come on. Quick. <laughs> okay. Jonathan, the yeah, Disney <laughs> the Disney Plus streaming service is on its way and they actually have a number as to how many shows and TV uh, films and TV shows are going to have on there. Right now they are in development. We have 18 films that are that's going to come to the Disney streaming service as well as oh. 16 TV series, which is nice. They're also in the process of getting since they merged with Fox they're trying to get all those Fox properties and assets over on to the Disney streaming service as well. Because they don't have the same amount of content as Netflix, they did say that, that their monthly service is going to be way cheaper than Netflix, which is it's really making me think. So currently, Netflix did go up in price, but as of right now, I believe it's ten ninety nine. Is it twelve bucks? Yeah, well, the twelve ninety nine. Yeah, something like that. So. What do you think the Disney service is going to be? What, what do you pay for for your um, DC service? Well, DC service, I got a deal. I got I got fifteen months for seventy five dollars. So it was like five dollars a month. Okay. But I think I think DC normally is seven ninety nine a month. Okay. So I would see Disney around seven ninety nine a month, and maybe they'll do a deal like DC. Oh right, right. If you buy like a year or a year and a, you know fifteen months ahead of time or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can see them charging eight bucks. I'm sorry. Did they name the, the movies or no? No, they did not. Okay. They did not. Yeah, because there are a lot of, well, well you're going to talk about some later, but there are a lot of things that are, are just still rumors. But as of right now, they have about 18 films, 16 TV series. That's a lot. I mean, if you have 18 good films and 16 good TV series, that's a lot, which is, it's a great starting point for them. Yeah, but, you know, it's a great starting point. But, you know, if, if you want, you can get through that in a month. And so I think they're going to do kind of what DC did. They're going to premiere with The Mandalorian, which is why we're getting it. Right. 
So that'll keep people invested. And DC Online is doing something smart where every week they're trying to premiere something new. So once Titans ended, they started, I think there was a week or two break, and then they started Young Justice up. That's smart. And now, yeah, they did half the season, and now they started Doom Patrol up. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to have at least one new show, and hopefully that gets bigger as the year goes on, but one new show every week so that it keeps people interested. And frankly, I'm at the point... And I, I don't, I, you know, as I say, I'm not saying I don't like the DC online service. I'm just saying the newness has worn off. Like when I first got it, I was on there every day looking at old shows and stuff like that. Oh, really? Old movies. Wow. Now I'm, I'm basically on there once a week just to see the new stuff. Oh, wow. You know? And if I get a hankering for an episode of Wonder Woman, I know where to go. Okay. You know, Very that cool. kind of stuff. Okay. Yep. Quick it. Right. Quick it. Alien. Yes. October 4th will be Triple Force Friday. Ooh. Yeah, in the past, starting with, I believe, the year Force Awakens came out, mm-hmm. Star Wars would have something called Force Fridays, and it was always a September, in, uh, a Friday in September, where they would release the new movie toys in all their, or merchandise, not just toys, any of the new movie merchandise would come out that day. So they did it for Force Awakens, they did it for Rogue One, and I believe they did it for Last Jedi. So with episode nine coming out, they're doing what they're calling Triple Force Friday because they're celebrating the release of three New Star Wars properties. Of course, what? episode nine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Episode nine, which is premiering in December. Uh, the Mandalorian TV series, which is great news, which means there's going to be toys for that, which better mean Black Series toys. Sick. And something that a lot of people didn't know was coming out, but they, uh, I forgot who's doing it. But a new Star Wars video game called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And there's going to be merchandise related to that so because of those three properties they're calling it triple force friday it's october 4th the thing is i used to wait online at toys r us to get in because they give you a free shirt or something because i wanted the funko pops which ironically the funko pops usually weren't out that day for some reason hmm. so now there's no toys to wait online for and i don't know i just feel weird waiting online at like a walmart or, or a target <laughs> so i won't be waiting online but yeah, so you'll probably see things like Funko Pop, Star Wars Black Series, things like that. So I have a question for you. With Toys R Us gone, where do you go now? It, Target? Is, is that the go-to play? You know, Walmart, I guess? Yeah. It, well, in regards to my Black Series stuff, probably Target. I was fortunate enough to find I had a nice, decent haul a couple of weeks ago where I found like three or four figures that I was looking for hmm. at a Target. But honestly, a lot of it's online. I'm just trying to buy stuff online so I don't have to worry about it. Um, so I'm not driving around God's green earth trying to find one or two <laughs> figures. Right. Hasbro just redid their whole website uh, called Hasbro Pulse. And I, I just ordered the Boba Fett off of there, which is pretty cool. I actually got it in the mail yesterday. That oh, cool. Better. All right. Yeah. If uh, they're making it sound like it'll be easy to order stuff off of there. So if that's true, I'm going to order. I'm going to try to order all my stuff off there. Because okay. they're 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 charging the same price as you pay in store, like nineteen ninety nine for a Black Series figure. Well, so. that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, yeah, online's easiest for me. Yeah, at this point, because I don't want to. Like I said, I hate. You know, I'm gonna have to go to the stores anyway to get um, exclusives. Like Target's getting a, a Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper outfit exclusive. Yeah. yeah, and I think Walmart had a Trooper exclusive recently that I, I just got so yeah i mean i'll still be going there but yeah I, I do it online mostly now and that's i understand it's killing retail but it's convenient for me yeah 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 you killed toys r us dude it was all you it was yeah yeah because i spend that much <laughs> <laughs> i've seen your collection <laughs> <laughs> okay 
<laughs> Jonathan, do you remember the TV show back in the early 70s called Banana Splits? Tra la la, la 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 la, <laughs> tra la la la. One banana, two banana, three banana, four. Yeah. Four bananas make a bunch of so many more. Very good. Banana <laughs> Splits, which, which ran on ABC, oh, sorry, NBC from 68 to 70, then it made a little comeback in 2008. They're coming back in a movie, Jonathan. But, what? yes. Which will arrive in 2019 by Warner Brothers. And here's the catch. It's going to be a horror film. What? (laughs) Why would they do that to my childhood? I don't know. That was a straight up kid show, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was just like there were were like these guys dressed up like in animals and they're like a like a rock band. That's why Jonathan was singing for a little bit. And it was fun. I, I remember watching it as a kid and I didn't really understand what the hell was going on. But that was it. I just remember having happy memories of it. And. They're going to make a freaking horror film out of it. Well, I think... I don't know if they were Sid and Marty Croft or not. Yes, they were. Yeah. And Sid and Marty Croft did H.R. Puffin stuff and yeah. Sigmund Sea Monster and all those. These guys... So, yeah, they were definitely kid, like a kid's thing. First of all, so I just Googled this, right? Yeah. And the first article that comes up is from the AV Club. Yeah. And this is the best headline. Remember the banana splits? Well, now they're murderers. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they do that to the banana split? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, are we going to get like a Marilyn Manson version of the Tra-La-La song? <laughs> oh, you never or know. Tales? Yeah, you never know. Allah. Horrible. Allah. Super horrible. Oh, my gosh. It's so, I, what are the names of the dudes again? Let me say. Um, Legal? Was that one of them? Not me. I don't know. Snort, I think, was one. Bingo, Flegel, Snorky, Drooper. Yeah, they're like a, a dog, an elephant. They're all like hippies. They're like hippie animals, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I always saw them as like like circus animals yeah. or something. I mean, they they kind of dressed like clowns, sort of. I can't believe they. Why? Why a horror show? <laughs> I can see it. Teletubbies, but <laughs> not banana splits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're definitely murderers. Yeah. Well, oh, those guys are psycho. You can see in their dead eyes. <laughs> Can't trust them. That's totally alien invasion That's... right there. All right. I, I want to, if we knew how to tweet, I would tweet AV Club for best headline of the day. <laughs> Remember the banana splits? Well, now they're murderers. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll watch it just for the, well, it's horror, and you know I don't like horror. Yeah. All right. I'll watch it just to see what happens, maybe. There you, go. you watch it and tell me what happens. <laughs> All right. Cricket. All right, quit. Wow. Alan. Yo. How are you, buddy? What's up? Fast and Furious 9 has been pushed back again to May 22nd of 2020. To go along with that, the 25th Bond movie, Untitled as of now, is also pushed back to April 8th of 2020. Um, I would say that's usually that'd be bad news if they were pushed back, but they're pushed back to some really good slots you have fast and furious opening which probably looks like memorial day weekend or maybe the weekend before memorial day weekend and you got bond opening from february 14th originally to april now so maybe they want to capitalize on them yeah uh to go along with that the dune movie we talked about a couple of weeks ago with all the stars also announced that um aquaman himself jason momo will be in the movie and it's a a release date for november 20th 2020 fabulous 
Wicked. Well, I think the time of Henry Cavill taking on Superman is finally and completely over. Apparently, the DC Extended Universe, they are going to focus more on Supergirl because it's doing so well in their TV show that they feel that they cannot have two super people on the big screen for some reason. Let me ask you, Jonathan, is there room for two super beings on the big screen? Yeah. Heck yeah. I know exactly. Of course there are. Yeah, I, I was really shocked. I was like, they're going to like shove Superman just to, you know, put the spotlight on Supergirl. I can't understand why they can't do both. They can. They're just being lazy. Yeah. You think that's what it is? I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. I don't know why they can't get Superman right since Superman 2. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, it's it seems like it's it's a very doable thing, but apparently it's not. You know, it's funny, too, because when you watch like the CW stuff, they don't have the main players on there i mean there's no wonder woman tv superman's never on there batman i'm assuming he's right he's not there it's it's all their other characters yeah it's almost as if batman's not even allowed to be on cw like they've introduced the cw superman yeah yeah but yeah they're not going to introduce a, a batman i don't think yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. I, I think it, I think it, it could work. I don't see why it couldn't work. I don't think you're going to really oversaturate it. I mean, if you had to think of the one superhero that defines all superheroes, if you had to say, if you went to any country in the world and you were named this particular character, Superman, I think people get it. You know, I, I think it's it's a given that Superman's there. I don't think it's going to take away from Supergirl, but yeah, I don't I don't know why they're. And look, Supergirl, for all intents and purposes, is successful on CW. I don't watch it. It's, I don't think it's a good show. You know, they did a Supergirl movie before, and it was awful. I liked so, it. So, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. Can you rewatch it? Absolutely, I can. Dude, that's a bad movie. I tried to rewatch it on DC Universe. I mean, Helen Slater is a gorgeous Supergirl, but it ain't got much going for it after that. <laughs> I liked it. Anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I, I, I think this is just the way the... They're going to reboot Superman without Henry Cavill, and maybe this is just a stopgap until that happens. Yeah, I I mean, that that definitely makes sense. If they're going to have to move on from Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, I guess having like a little breather in between is fine, but... I think for the, to say that you can't have two to give spotlight to the other, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. No, because you, you're going to have Shazam in the same, well, yeah. I don't know, the same universe, but you're going to have, you know, they're going to be Shazam movies. Yeah. That's basically, maybe that's the problem. Maybe you didn't want to have a Shazam, a Supergirl, and a Superman. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because Zach Levi's got to stand next to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Protein shakes. <laughs> that's what you call them? Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Quick it. quick without my list. Alan. Yo. <laughs> Alright, Call of Duty Alan. Go ahead, because I already did the bond news. Okay. I didn't I bundled them. You didn't tell me not to bundle them. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own in that one. Call of Duty, Jonathan. The super popular franchise that's making billions of billions of dollars. Their last showing of their game did not have a single player campaign. And that really pissed me off. I really like the single-player campaign. They're fun. The multiplayer is fun, too. But the last one, I think Black Ops, Black Ops 4, didn't have one. But then now they're saying they will have a single-player campaign coming up, and it's going to make everyone happy. And a new co-op mode, which is going to be released as well. So good for you, Call of Duty. Yeah, but they've been on half it because they did a single-player campaign on one of the last ones I bought, and it was crap. 
So they, they better not just do it to do it. They better put some work and effort into it to make it worthwhile. Seriously, dude. They're making so much money. You, you'd figure they could do something well with that. Right. Goodness sakes. I'm just saying. I hear you. Okay. I don't know if you heard, but the Banana Splits are murderers now. What? What would you say? Just, just I don't know if you heard, but the Banana Splits are murderers now. <laughs> That's Warner Brothers. Kind of. All right, quick. <laughs> Alan, Toys R Us news. Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> Toys R Us. I, I bundled. <laughs> <laughs> Toys R Us is planning a return back to the United States. They are trying to figure out ways to come back into the retail retail stores as well. Right now, they're only at these Kroger grocery outlets and stuff, but they are trying to exp- expand as best they can. Right now, there's still 700 stores out there, but really internationally, not here though. Asia, Europe, India. I believe Canada as well. It's just not happening here in the States because people like Jonathan only shop online. So that's basically what's happening. So tourists can make a comeback. And there's definitely a niche for it. There's got to be. When you go to Barnes & Noble, even Target, their toy line has, to me, it seems like it's it's way bigger than it's ever been, especially Barnes & Noble. I mean, that was a place yeah. you just buy books and coffee. Now they actually have like a legitimate like toy section because right. there's, there's this big void that Toys R Us left. So I can see them coming back. They probably just don't have to be super humongous like they used to. That's all. Yeah, they were huge. Yeah. They're like warehouses, basically. Well, the thing is, back in the day, that's where you went for everything. You went for your bike. You went for your playgrounds, you know, your swing sets, everything. And I think, you know, Walmart priced them out. I don't go to Walmart for toys at all. Walmart's toy section in my area stinks. Oh, does it really? They never have anything. Even at Christmas time, it stank. Yeah, if I if I had to look for a toy, it's going to be Target. If I'm looking for something a little more special, then I'll maybe hit Barnes and Nobles. But we have yeah, no like other if, really outlet for it. Yeah, if I'm not looking for a specific toy, like if I need a toy for a gift or a birthday party or something, I'll I'll just run the Target. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, also, even when Toys R Us around, I did that because Toys R Us was you're saving three four bucks and they're right next to each other. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it'd be nice to have them back. Yeah. All right, quick it, quick it. All right, Alan, box office numbers for the weekend. Alita Battle Angel was first with $27.9 million, and The Lego Movie Part 2 came in second with $21.3. It's been a slow movie month, but those are the numbers. Well, March, we have a big movies coming up. March 8th is a little update. Captain Marvel's March 8th. Us, March 22, which which I'm going to drag you to. I'm uh, going. <laughs> Dumbo, March 29 is coming out. And Captain State, March 29. I don't know what that is, but it looks interesting. Captain who? State. Well, Captain Marvel's March 8th. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know what Captain State is. Sorry, okay. Captive State. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Quick it. Quick it. Uh, Obi-Wan series rumored to coming to Disney+, Plus, which I love. I'd rather have 10 hours of Obi-Wan than two hours in the movie theater. So let's hope it's true. Let's hope Ewan McGregor's on board for it. And let's hope we see it soon. And if it's not Ewan McGregor, who, who would you want as Obi-Wan? Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to play that game. <laughs> Don't even try to make me play that game. Hey, there's this guy on Instagram. His name is Jamie Costa. Or Costa? Yeah, he's, a, he's an impersonator. He does a spot on Ewan McGregor. It's un- and kind of looks like him too. Does he do Ewan McGregor? Or he does Ewan McGregor doing Obi Wan. Yes, he's he's impersonating Ewan McGregor doing an Obi Wan. Impersonating Alec Guinness. I got impersonating you. Alec Guinness. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's it's <sighs> it's really good, and he does a good Harrison Ford also. But it's really good. Jamie Costas, he said. Jamie Costa, yeah. 
I think Genius. that's his name. All right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Quick it. Okay. Quick it. Okay. Quick it. Alan, also, CW has commissioned a Lost Boys series. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I know you like the Lost Boys. I was never a huge fan of Lost Boys, but nothing like a 30-year-old movie to uh, come back on the big screen. So, basic story is Beach Town in California. There's a secret hive, I guess, of vampires, and the Frog Brothers get together to help take them down, right? Yes, Edgar and Alan Frog. Probably premiering in September, we'll see. Uh, Jonathan, hold on, wait a second. We're seeing the zombie thing, what, probably done, right? Don't you think vampires next? I mean, how many vampires are done six years ago? (laughs) Apparently not. It's the CW, though. The CW is all superheroes and vampires. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't you think that gimmick's done? And now Dark Archie. So I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> Dark I don't know. Archie. Look, the fact of the matter is, CW is a channel not for us. We've 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 aged into the CBS. Stage. <laughs> it's Triffany Network. We've aged out of wow. we've aged out of WB. <laughs> we have. That's right. <laughs> so, All right. Good point. I don't know what the kids like the audience. No, it's all right. Quick hit. Alan, video game news. All right. A mint, unopened copy of Super Mario Brothers, the very first one from SNES, known as Sticker Sealed, meaning it wasn't shrink wrapped, it was just sealed with like a sealed with a Nintendo sticker, sold for $100,150. Holy sh. Sugar Snap Peas, yeah. Wow. I couldn't even think of a comic book I would pay that much. That's a lie. I'd pay that much for Amazing Spider Man number one. But wow. Wow. Video game. And you're not going to open it to play it either. Well, you have to blow on it first. Wait a minute. What you do with your video games is your business. <laughs> I mean, you paid 100000 <laughs> I could do what I want with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's amazing. And, and I try to – I don't understand it, but I try to put it in comic book terms. But, again, I would at least – if I bought Amazing Fantasy 15 for that much money, I would at least read it. With gloves on and in a hermetically sealed room, but I'd still read it. I I, I don't think I would. You know, I, I went to the Comic Con over the weekend. It was two weekends ago, and mm. I I got a, a lot of really cool collector indie stuff because it's so old, dude. I was afraid to open it. What do you mean, comics? Yeah, you're not even gonna open them to read them. I'm afraid to open them. I mean, they look, you know, they're not in the best condition in the world. But no, no, afraid. I'm afraid. What's the matter, McFly? You I'm chicken? <laughs> hey, <laughs> nobody. Calls me chicken. Yeah, because you figure um, you can. Fi- I'm sure you can find those books online someplace to get the story out of it. Yeah, maybe. Come on, Amazing Fantasy number one. You'd open and read that thing. You'd you'd really you would, you'd be afraid to like you might mess it up. No, I'd have like if I could afford to get that, I could afford to hire people to make sure I don't. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> stupid with it. Hire someone to turn the like, official. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't even touch it. I put a mask on everything, so I wouldn't drool on yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like those guys, like the, the, when they're at a concert and they play the piano, they got the official page turner. Hire one of those guys. They know what they're. All right, doing. now you got me thinking I wouldn't do it because I could just buy a Marvel Tales. I mean, See? how many times has that thing been printed? Come on, <laughs> that story's story, been printed over. The, the story's out there. There's no surprises. Come yeah. on. Can I open it and smell it? Just go. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mold. Smells like the 60s. <laughs> All right. Weed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. We're getting a little silly. Okay. All right. And finally, Alan, New York Toy Fair happened this past weekend with 
tons of announcements from Funko, Marvel Legends, Star Wars Black Series, or Star Wars in general, and DC Comic Collectibles. So much so that we're going to do a special episode on Toy Fair. What? So, uh, uh, huh? Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, if, if you're interested, have a listen to that and look out for it. It's the uh, Nerd and Me Toy Fair special episode. Alan, thus ends Quick Hits. Oh, boy. And thus ends another episode of The Week in Geek. This is Alan signing off. And this is Jonathan saying, you stay classy wherever you are.